ABCC. We're here to worship the Lord, the Almighty, the one and true Father. Let's worship the name of Jesus, call the name of Jesus, the name above every name.
breath that we can breathe, Lord. Hallelujah, God. We just thank you. We thank you that you have sustained us through this season, Lord. We thank you that in the heartbreak of many who have lost loved ones, who are experiencing um, oppression during this time, God, that you hear our prayers, Lord, that you hear those who are brokenhearted, Lord. You say that you are near to them, Lord. So I pray, Lord, we pray together, God, that you will unify the church, Lord, and that we will be responsive to your spirit, Lord. Um, it says that only a fool knows that there's, says that there's no God, and that all of creation just screams your name, proclaims that you are Lord. And we want to be willing to respond to the call, God, that we see, Lord, to the truth that you are the maker of heaven and earth, that you are the one who's come, that you love us so dearly, Lord. We want to be open to being used for you, God, for we know that your ways are higher, you are good, you are glorious, great are you, Lord. And so, God... We just thank you. We thank you that we are held in your arms, that when we put our faith in you, Lord, we are children, that our inheritance is imperishable, God, that just the reality that you spilled and poured out your blood for our sake, that we could be in relationship with you, Lord. Take our hands, take our feet, take our heart, take our ambitions, take every part of us, God. Use us for your kingdom, unify your church. We thank you that we are a part of your body. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Good morning, I hope you're doing great today. Uh, thank you for the worship. Hope you enjoyed uh, just singing some songs of praise and beginning to focus our heart and our minds on God and on things above and on who he is and how much he loves us. Welcome Burlington Christian Church family. Uh, those of you who are not with us this morning, those of you who are watching online and also uh, family and friends and, and those of you who are tuning in, uh, we're so glad you're here. I hope and pray that you'll be encouraged and challenged today and um, and just fed a little bit of of uh, the Word of God so that your heart and your spirit and your soul and really in your mind will all feel like I needed that like I needed this I needed to be in the word today and uh, and and that's a, and that's a good word and and that it'll be food for your soul that's what I'm hoping for well it is the fourth of July weekend and um, we're excited about that I'm excited about that it's you know, our independence and our freedom, and even though, like, we look around the country and, and everything isn't wonderful and great right now, but we live in a great country. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to go live anywhere else, and uh, that, that would not be a fun thing to do, go live in other countries. Uh, you know, you can just go to a few of them and realize that we've got it really good here in this country, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that this weekend you're being safe and that um, you're enjoying and feeling like uh, you got some pride because you live in a great country and, uh, and we're going to keep working and speaking up for the truth in love uh, and uh, sharing the good news of God's love and grace for us as people and maybe if we can get our hearts and our minds on the Lord and more of us would do that uh, this country could be even greater but enjoy the weekend I hope that you will. Well, we're beginning a new series with the 4th of July. We're going off with a big bang in a new series. And uh, it's just, uh, what we're going to do is take a look at biblical individuals. I'm excited really about this. We're going to look at people in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, that faced off with like trials and troubles and tribulations and then how they dealt with it, like how they uh, conquered or how they got beat up by the trials that they faced in their life. And um, I, I hope it's going to be an encouragement to you. Here's the title of the, ser the, ser the series, 
when the going gets tough, when the going gets tough, because that's where we're all at, right? We're, we're facing tough times. We have challenges with work and job and family and kids and, and our communities and the world and the news. And, and it's tough right now. It is tough. But I got to tell you, when the going gets tough, you're going to do a couple different things. You know, there's options at that point. And I hope, I hope we'll be the kind of people that will do the right thing. We've been talking about moving forward since the beginning of this year, since January. And, and we know that moving forward, we spent like six months on this. We know that as we move forward, we are going to come face to face with the testing of our faith. We know that moving forward is not going to be an easy thing. It's going to be a challenge. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things that come in our way. And you are probably facing these things right now in your life. If not in your own family or situations in your own home or in the relationships that are close to you, definitely in the world, in the society around us. Our key verse uh, for this series comes out of the book of James. James said it really well. Uh, and he kind of sums up what we're going to be kind of focusing on. He says this in James chapter 1, verse 24. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. <laughs> Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything now that is a great word from james right just right there that that one verse these these few verses are so much for us right now and today okay james lays it out like for us he says basically when the going gets tough when the going gets tough for us as christians here's what we do a christian has the right attitude and maintains the right attitude and keeps the right attitude and doesn't allow bad attitudes to take the place of the right attitude okay he says consider it pure joy whenever these testings come these trials come set your attitude consider it pure joy look at it as an opportunity not as your doom or the end or boo or woe is me your attitude. He says, set, uh, consider it pure joy. He also says, <clears throat> face your trials like head on. Face them head on. He says, trials of many kinds. And this is almost a promise that they're going to come. <clears throat> trials are going to come in your life. You can, you can just bank on it. They're coming. They're part of life. It's okay. Consider it pure joy. Face them head on. And the third thing he says here is, uh, a, a Christian understands the journey. A Christian understands that trials, tribulations, and these, these things in our life have a purpose. They, they, they have, they're going to produce something. See what he says there? Uh, the, that the testing of your faith produces produces something like a crop like like when you plant a garden and you wait for the fruit when trials come there's going to be some fruit from the trials now either it's going to be negative fruit or it's going to be positive fruit depending on your attitude and how you approach it but trials he says here should produce 
perseverance, right? It should produce something good. You are on a journey. God is using the trials in your life to take you somewhere. That is awesome. He says it must finish his work. Let perseverance finish its work. Be patient. Let God go to work. And what the result is, is you become mature. You become mature, not lacking anything. See, God is, God is taking us somewhere when the trials of our life come. Trials are a vehicle. They are the transportation that is taking your heart and soul on a journey toward maturity, not lacking anything. That is, that is beautiful. And only God, only God can pull this off. Like, right, we as humans in and of ourselves, we would collapse, we would just fall, we would just fold, you know? But when we understand that God is taking us on a journey through our trials, and he's going to use those to chip away on us and make us better, make us stronger, the outcome will be maturity and not lacking anything. This is where God is leading you in your trials. Whatever's going on in your world, whatever you're facing in different directions of your life, work, home, family, relationships, people, neighborhood, whatever trials that you're fighting, that you're enduring, that you're working on, that you're trying to overcome, God is using those in your life. These, this is what God like is up to in your life. He is up to something amazing in your life. Just be patient. So today, our example uh, is a prophet. See if you can guess who he is, uh, or when you can guess who he is by these descriptions of who he is. Okay, here you go. He's the son of Amittai. He is, uh, his letter is four chapters long. He is called to preach in the Old Testament. He was headed for Tarshish, and he was thrown overboard. He was swallowed by a huge fish. And then he was burped up or thrown up on dry land. Do, do you know who he is? You got it. You got it. So the title, the title of his story in, in this sermon today is very simple. It's this, when the going gets tough, what are you going to do? When the going gets tough, what are you going to do? Are you going to run and flee? Or are you going to stand there, fight through it, and be set free? See, that's the challenge for all of us. Like, we all have that challenge. We could just kind of like retreat, and many people do. They go to drinking, or they go to drugs, or they go and just escape their problems. Other people, and there, there, there's some validity to getting away from your issues, thinking clearly, and then coming back and fighting through it. That's fine. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people are using other things, drugs and alcohol, to escape their problems. That's running and fleeing. That's what you're doing. Or you can stand there and fight through it and work through it and get help and get prayer and seek God's counsel, and you can, you can be set free in the process of your trials. That's what's going on in the life of Jonah. He is called to do something. Either he's going to run and flee or he's going to like be set free and obey God. This story is crazy. We're going to just get through it real quick and try to move through the whole book 
and then bring some uh, things to a conclusion. I hope I can get this done very uh, in, in an efficient amount of time, okay? So the story unfolds quickly. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. This is the Lord talking. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and he headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors, all of the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Wow, that's action-packed. This book just begins and already we are in the middle of a storm out on the sea and Jonah, Jonah is the reason for the storm. Nobody knows that yet. Jonah's be, got to be coming aware of the fact. But the Lord calls Jonah. He tells him to go to Nineveh. And Jonah runs another direction. And God says, you're not getting away from me. Okay, I've got a job for you to do. And I'm going to come follow you. And I'm going to get you to, to turn and obey and help me reach these people who are going to be destroyed if somebody doesn't speak the word to them. Story continues. Here we go. Jonah, he's playing dumb, right? In all this, the storm's brewing, the cargo's gone overboard, and Jonah's just acting like, I don't know what's going on, and you know, maybe this is a coincidence, right? How many times do we do that in our life? And we're running from God, and we know it, and things are happening that are not good, and we just act as though well, that's not, that's, that has nothing to do with me. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. In this case, it does. Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and he fell asleep. There's a storm going on. They're throwing cargo over the ship. And Jonah is down at the bottom of the boat and he's sleeping. And the captain went to him and he said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice so that we will not perish. That's how severe this has gotten they're they're ready to like the ship to break apart and them all to go to the bottom of the ocean and die verse seven then the sailors said to each other come let us cast lots oh no jonah's like no not lots let us cast lots like draw straws or roll dice or however they did it whatever they did in those days and find out who is responsible for this calamity like we're gonna find out we're gonna get to the bottom of this and so they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Remember that verse 7. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you from? See, all those things had, had an important part in who Jonah was and what is going on in their situation and, and they're, they're now saying, like, Jonah, all eyes are on you. And Jonah is playing dumb. He's try, doing his very best to avoid, like, eye contact. He's trying to, to avoid the situation. He's acting like this has nothing uh, to his running from God, has nothing to do with the present calamity that they're all about to die. But he can't escape God. Like, he can't escape. And he knows... See, he knows he was called to go preach to Nineveh, and he knows that he's running in the opposite direction. So it's beginning to dawn on Jonah that he's not going to get away that easy. 
right? He's not going to escape it that easy. And so he answered their questioning. Who are you? Where are you from? What's going on? What do you do? He answered them, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord. It's about to get very real. The God of heaven who made the sea and the dry ground. They're worshiping all their gods. They're false gods. There's nothing behind those gods. There's nothing to those gods. They're just empty idols. But Jonah, he represents the one true God, the only God, the God, the maker of heaven and earth, creator of all things. And Jonah says, hey, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the one true God, right? The Lord who made everything. He made the sea. He made the dry ground. Verse 10, this terrified them and they asked what have you done they knew he was running away from the lord because apparently he had already told them that the sea was getting rougher and rougher and so they said to jonah what should we do to you to make the sea calm down in other words jonah this is like all your fault the sea has gotten really rough we have already thrown our cargo and our belongings overboard. The ship's about to break up. Jonah, this is your fault. You are running away from your God. What should we do, Jonah, to you to make this go away? Wow, that's, that's powerful. And Jonah realizes in this moment that he is busted, that he is running from God and God is pursuing him. And he understands now that everything that is happening is because of him. Because of him. This is a moment of truth, right? This is a moment in time that will change the course of your life. We have those moments at times, maybe not to this degree, but you will have moments in your life, if you haven't already, where you have to decide, am I going to stand tall and face the truth, or am I going to continue to run away? Am I going to run from God, run from the truth, run from what really should happen and pretend that I know better? This is a moment of truth for Jonah. Jonah says this. This is a moment of surrender for Jonah. Check this out. He finally realizes this is all his fault. They should not die because of his stupidity. And he says, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. My sin, Jonah says, is in, impacting everyone. And there's no reason for all of us to go to the bottom of the ocean because of my, my running, because I'm fleeing from God. And so Jonah completely realizes that he must come clean and surrender to God and the men then try and save Jonah's life. They do. They, they try to spear Jonah. Look what it says. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land. They're, they're fighting the storm. They're not ready to throw Jonah over the sea, even though they know it's his fault. But they could not, for the sea grew wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord. Notice that. They're not crying out to their gods anymore. They're crying out to the Lord. Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. We're about to throw him in. Lord, don't hold that against us, please. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man for you. Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and they heave-hoed him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. And at this, the men greatly feared the Lord. 
And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows. What a powerful change has come upon these men, even in Jonah's sinfulness, even in his rebelliousness, as he runs away from God, God still uses the foolishness of Jonah to reach the hearts of a ship full of men. That's awesome. But we don't want to be used by God in that way, you know? We don't want to be used by God because of our foolishness. He will use you either way. But it's better for us to just honor God, obey God, do what he says, and be used by God in an abundant, full way, in a better way, in a good way. And so look what happens. Now the Lord provided a huge fish. So Jonah's in the water, the sea is calm, and the men are like on their way to where they're headed. And the Lord provides a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and for three nights. Does that sound familiar to you? Yes, it does. So Jonah gets rescued. He gets rescued by God. God spares his life. And so what happens is from inside the fish, Jonah prays. He prays to the Lord. And in, in my distress, he says, I called to the Lord. Where else am I going to go, right? Where else am I going to turn? Jonah is in the belly of a huge fish, probably a whale. We don't know that. It doesn't say it. it just says a big fish. But, but really a whale is big enough to house a person. And there's Jonah in this thing, and he's crying out to the Lord. And the Lord answered him from the deep in the realm of the dead. And I called for help, and you listened to my cry from even in the belly of a fish. God is listening to Jonah. And I can't help but think, but God is is wanting and hoping and praying for Jonah to turn. And, and Jonah says, you hurled me, verse 3, you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Whose waves and breakers? The Lord's. That's whose. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank. The roots of the mountains. What a what amazing prayer of like confession and just sorrow and admitting your shame and your guilt and admitting who God is and, and who you are as you run away from the Lord. And he says, to the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath me bared or barred me forever, but you, Lord, my God, you brought my life out, up from the pit, from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling, those who cling to worthless idols, turn away from God's love for them. That's a powerful verse right there, statement. Not just the men on the ship who are praying to all kinds of gods and now they have come to know the, the one true God. But you and me, as we, as we worship by our actions and by our allegiances and by all of our resources that we pour into stuff, we would never call those things our idols, but that is exactly what they are. The things of the world that we spend so much time investing our life in have become our idols. And Jonah says, those who cling, those who hold on to, those who chase after, those who their only purpose in life is to go after some worldly possession or some worldly thing. He says, those who cling to worldly idols turn away or they forfeit God's love for them. They trade in the love of God for the stuff of the world that will perish one day. But I with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. 
I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And so he prays. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. Some island, some seashore, he just burped him up onto the land. And verse chapter 3, verse 1 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And so Jonah finds himself having a second chance. A second chance. And, and God is a God of second chances. Okay, sometimes we don't survive the first chance because we do stupid things and it ruins us. But, but for most people, there's a second chance that God gives us to make things right. And that's what Jonah's getting here is a second chance. And what happens is Jonah, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and he went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city and it took three days to go through it. So Jonah gets a second chance and he finds freedom, not in running, not from fleeing. He finds freedom from obeying the Lord. By obeying what the Lord God had told him to do, he goes throughout the city and he preaches. And in verse 5, the Ninevites believe in God. Okay, And a fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, they put on sackcloth, like was a, was a symbol of humility, the lowest you could get in the dust, in the dirt, sackcloth, ashes. And, and it's a sign to God that you have humbled yourself to who you really are as a human being, that you were made from the dust. And that we, were, we will remember that we are made from the dust and he is God and we need him in our life. And so they fast, and they humble themselves, and the king, the king himself sat in the dust, and he humbled himself before the Lord, and he made this decree. And the decree was simple. Let everyone call urgently on God. Give up evil and violence, and maybe God will have compassion on us. In chapter 3, verse 10, it says, When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and he did not bring uh, them the destruction that he had already threatened, that he already said was going to come. God changed his plan for them because Jonah preached. And so God, he does not bring the destruction on them that he had already planned to bring. And we're going to stop right here because, because our time is out. But next week we're going to get into the rest of the story, which is some takeaways from Jonah's story. And I hope you'll come back and watch the second half of this message. But the life of Jonah is a great representation of, of, of all of us. Like we could easily put ourselves in his feet. We may not deliberately be running from God like Jonah did, headed across the sea. But if we're chasing after the things of this world, and we're avoiding God and ignoring God, then we are indeed running from God. And so join us next week as we finish this message on Jonah. Are we going to run and flee, or are we going to turn to God, obey God, and be set free? Father, we pray that you'll speak to our hearts, move in our lives as we live this week. Help us to think about these things that that you are doing in the life of Jonah and what you're doing in our life in a very similar way. Use us for your glory, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be safe.
and have a great week.